0: Podcraft. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Privil Taplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Alright, welcome everybody to this episode, Self-Compassion Can Improve Your Relationships. Yeah, we need more of that, don't we? In this episode, one point that I talk about is how practicing and cultivating self-compassion can improve and benefit your relationships by not relying on your partner or others to solely give you the compassion that you can give yourself. When you mess up or fail at something because the truth is that only we can really love ourselves in the way that we need as we know ourselves best only we know intimately what we need i talk about how self-compassion can help in our parenting and therefore ways that we model this so that our kids can soothe themselves and ease their own inner critic. I also tell some stories of when I needed myself to be self-compassionate and little tools that I use in the day-to-day self judgments that come up that maybe will give you some ideas to help yourself so that you could take that and help improve how you relate in your relationships. So, before we get on to this episode, I want to make a couple of announcements. I want to tell you about our appreciation workshop that we will not be giving again until the fall. So, this workshop, The Power of Appreciation for Couples, is on April 27th, Saturday, in Asheville, North Carolina, from 10 to 5 p.m. And in this workshop, my wife and I will share with you and your partner tools and techniques that we use that have transformed our relationship. And I will tell you that hands down, the focus on appreciation in our relationship is the number one focus that has not only helped us move from challenging issues and moving through conflict, it has created a deep connection of trust, honesty, respect, and admiration. In this workshop, you will work one-on-one with your partner and practice new ways of giving and receiving appreciations. So for more information, you can go to my website, heartsharecounseling.com. You can register by calling 828-712-8398. And the other announcement is I'd like to get a big thank you out to some people have recently donated to my podcast, I want to thank Miranda in Seattle, Washington, Edie in Chicago, Illinois, and Frank in Ireland. Thank you so much for your recent donation. And for those of you that are inclined to give a donation and support my podcast, you can go to the support podcast page on my website, Hardshare Counseling. Or check out the show notes on this podcast and we'll give you links to it. No donation is too small. Anything is very much appreciated to keep this podcast going and getting it out to you. So thanks for listening and enjoy this episode. Hey everybody, thanks for joining today on This episode that I'm going to be talking about the benefits of practicing self-compassion on your relationships, on all your relationships, your romantic partnerships and marriage, your parenting, friendships, work colleagues. Practicing self-compassion has huge benefits to all these relationships. So first, uh, we have to understand what compassion is. And compassion usually we have for others. We have to be able to recognize that there is suffering in somebody else's experience. We have to feel that. There's like a a warmth and a caring when we see somebody, someone else suffering. And we want to relieve that suffering. That's compassion. And it doesn't necessarily mean that we do something about it, that we take action. That's compassion and action. Right? If I want people around the world to have healthy drinking water and they don't, I can feel compassion for them that they don't right now. But right now my butt isn't on an airplane going out there yet to help dig a well. So instead of getting down on myself that I'm not doing something, I could also have compassion is the first step to relieve suffering because that's the human condition We're infallible, we are not perfect, we make mistakes, we fail, we die. We are not infallible and perfect. The human condition as in the Buddhist philosophy is a condition of suffering, but it doesn't mean that we always suffer, right? We can just recognize that there is suffering. So the condition to feel somebody's suffering is that you can offer the understanding and the kindness to that person or people when they are making mistakes, when they fail, rather than judging them harshly. And also a component of compassion, having compassion for another. It means that you realize that, that the suffering and the mistakes and the failure and all the imperfections are all part of, like I said before, the shared human experience. To me, that's key. So that means I have to put it with myself. I'm a human being. I'm having these shared experiences with other people. If I see them making mistakes and if I can have compassion for them, I can have compassion for myself. I really think that the practice of it, we're going to talk about self-compassion when you really facilitate and cultivate that within yourself. It's going to enable you to have way more compassion for others. And as this episode is going to talk about, way more satisfying relationships because of it. You're going to be able to not react as much in, let's say, criticism that comes to you or false criticism that may come to you. You're going to have more patience, more self-worth. You're going to be able to soothe yourself and not expect, let's say, your partners or your friends or your family to do that for you. Sure, it's wonderful when you're really, really, really having a tough time that people are supportive and helping, but we can't depend on others to take away our suffering. We have to do that ourselves. We have to be our loving parent. And when we are, we don't give other people the burden to do that for us. And then if they can't, or if they won't, we don't have resentment for that, that they're not doing it or can't. And that's the biggest, I would say, one of the biggest benefits of how self-compassion benefits our relationship, because we don't have resentment when somebody else isn't giving us the love, the understanding, the compassion, the forgiveness that we need to give ourselves. We are so hard on ourselves as a human race, and I see that every day in my practice. People feel so much self-judgment. We know that, you know. Some of us feel it more than others, but we know that inner critic, that inner voice that's constantly judging ourselves, or when we do something and we call ourselves maybe inside, oh that was so stupid. Why did you do that? What's wrong with you? That voice, that judger voice that is not a loving voice it's not the voice that we need to give to ourselves that when on a good friend day we are that to another person right when our friend really needs us to be there for them when they're making a mistake and they fail we don't need to they don't need us to criticize them to berate them to judge them what do they need of course they need compassion and understanding and love and we do that many of us do that for our friends we need to do that to ourselves right that edge we need to be our best friend absolutely like even doing this podcast when i do monologues i i have some nervousness around it am i gonna say all that i need to say is it gonna come out right what if some people don't really like it what if i miss my points that i want to say what if it's not as impactful all that shit you know, and I go through that, I went through that even on this, <laughs> and I remember, hey man, this is beautiful, you're doing it on self-compassion, have some self-compassion, so my voice changes inside, and it says, yo man, you're putting out a freaking podcast a wheat, dog, <laughs> relax, relax, people, what you're doing is you're doing good, and you'll do the best that you can, if it resonates to certain people, it will resonate to to people. If it doesn't, I can just let that go. And so when I go through that self-talk to myself, that loving self-talk, it really helps a lot. And so I'm not going to take that on and I'm not going to ask my wife, oh, is it good? What if I didn't do it good? I do that sometimes. I really do. <laughs> but But I know this one I won't because I'm practicing self-compassion, those components that I'm telling you about. So I can just accept this podcast for what it is, and you all will receive what is. (sighs) Taking a breath on that. See, that's self-compassion, to allow ourselves to just relax and be with what is and not be critical. Sure, there's a difference of having a, let's say, productive feedback loop that I do want to be able to see areas that may be improvement and that I want to do differently, but I don't have to do it from a critical standpoint. You know, I got this thing that I love doing to myself. This is one of my tools. I use a little bit of humor, good humor, to be able to get myself into self-compassion. So like when I know I'm hard on myself, that I maybe made a mistake or I didn't feel like I, I was a good person, partner today or a good parent or or a good counselor i revert back to remembering scene in a movie those of you may know this analyze this it's a movie with robert de niro he's a gangster a mobster and billy crystal turns out to be his therapist there's a scene in there where robert de niro as a mobster is in therapy with billy crystal and billy crystal sees some insight in him that he says you know I think the friend that you're talking about is actually you. And Robert De Niro just looks at him and he moves his head to the side a little bit and he takes his index finger and he's waving at him and he's saying, You, you got a gift. And Billy Crystal said, No, 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 no. No, he goes, No, no, you, you got a gift. And Billy Crystal keeps going, No, no, no. He goes, No, 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 no. You got a fucking gift. <laughs> So I think that's hilarious and it helps me because I do that to myself. I do that to myself in a mirror. When I'm kind of got down on myself and I can catch it you have a little humor, I look at myself and I just go, you, no, 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 you got a gift. And it puts me right back, right back into the sense of forgiveness and sense of self and that I am a human being doing the best that I can. And there are areas that I really do have gifts. And to recognize that and and not to get down on myself for some mistakes or errors that I've made. So I think it's really good to have lots of little self-soothing tools. Another one I'm going to tell you one that I think is very good to use. Some of you may have heard of the Hawaiian forgiveness mantra, Pono. yeah, I'm gonna say that again, it's a nice word, Pono Pono, which is a Hawaiian practice of reconciliation and forgiveness. And just to surmise it, there's just four expressions, four small sentences that are very, very profound. Just to say the first sentence, I'm sorry. The next, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And just imagine you saying that to somebody for an error, for asking for forgiveness. Doing that to yourself is really powerful, right? When you know that you're messing up or you messed up or you're having these critical thoughts to cut yourself right in the track, to stop right in your tracks and say, I'm sorry. I'm feeling that to myself, right? I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Mm. It's sweet, right? When we want somebody to be able to say that to ourselves if we did that error. So we need to do that to ourselves. That's self-compassion. That's a self-compassionate act. And if we're doing things like that, we're practicing self-compassion. And the reason why I'm emphasizing practice is that's what it is. got to practice it. It's a practice. And practice isn't just for some event. It's ongoing, like practicing meditation. And it becomes a habit. And we'll see all the benefits in our relationship. So this practice of self-compassion and how it benefits relationships has been studied. There's a wonderful book out by Kristen Neff called Self-Compassion. She is a psychology professor at the University of Texas and along with a colleague, S. Natasha Beredvis. I don't know if I said that right. Well, anyway, Self-Compassion, man. You just made a mistake, but I tried. That was a heck of a name. Let's see, they did a study called The Role of Self-Compassion in Romantic Relationships. So they did their study on exploring whether being self-compassionate is linked to healthier romantic relationships and behavior. Things like being more caring and supportive rather than controlling or verbally aggressive with partners. And guess what? It sure did come out to prove that it does the results indicated that self-compassionate individuals displayed more positive relationship behavior than those who lacked self-compassion. And also, self-compassion was also a stronger predictor of positive relationship behavior than, for example, traits of self-esteem or attachment styles. Neff defines self-compassion with consisting of three main components. The first component, self-kindness versus self-judgment. The second component is common humanity versus isolation, which I touched upon before. And also mindfulness versus over-identification. The third one meaning that we need to be observant and aware and not be ruminating and watching rumination. Kindness is important. I did a a podcast about how important kindness was in relationships. So self-kindness, being kind to yourself, not being critical. So kind thoughts, words that you're using inside your head, and also kind gestures. It's a kind gesture just to go sit down when you're exhausted. Or just a little tired, not exhausted. It's a kind gesture to put a pillow on your stomach so that you'll feel better. It's a kind gesture to eat good food and when you're hungry and not have to suffer. Those little things are kind gestures. Most people aren't kind to themselves, very critical. I have clients that are very hard on themselves and they're suffering. And if they had more self-compassion to themselves, they'd be able to see out of the external circumstances or so much of the drama to be able to Take care of their needs with their own kindness and compassion and and empathy, and therefore be more available to their relationships. Man, you know, parents, as parents, we need to do that more. If we can be so kind to ourselves, we're going to be able to be, of course, kinder to our kids and not as hard on a kid. So many parents are hard on their kids because we're hard on ourselves. I mean, Jesus, you know a 13-year-old that's making a mistake, we need to have a little more slack at times because look at us. I'm 56 years old. I know I'm making a lot of mistakes. If I'm making a lot of mistakes, I got to give some slack to some of the younger generation there, right? Parents, we have to give more slack to our kids and it doesn't mean that we let them off the hook of accountability and responsibility. It just means that we don't have to be so critical about it and that they feel safe coming to us with their mistakes and their failures so that we can teach them how to soothe that by soothing them. On a really good day, on good days, I know that I am soothing my son when he feels that he's making a mistake. I am right there with compassion and love and care. I see who he is in his higher self. I can tell him, and I'm hey, son, I see you. I see how beautiful you are. I know it's challenging right now, I know that you're suffering. I know that it's hard. And I know that you have all the capabilities to move through this. And I love you and care about you. I need to have that voice to myself. And sometimes actually I do that. Another technique that I do, sometimes I will put myself on the chair like I would be talking to my son. And I talk to him from my higher self. So I would say to myself, man, you just made a mistake. That's all. That's all you're doing. You just made a mistake and you tried and you're trying your best. And you've got a lot, lot going for you. And I would name all these things that I have going for myself. And I would also acknowledge that I'm, I know you're hurting. I see you're hurting. And I will help myself get out of it by not being critical, by, by being loving, by being appreciative by asking what I need. Sometimes I don't know what I need until I ask myself, what do I need right now? And it might be as simple as I need to go for a walk. I need to go lie down. Those are self-soothing techniques that really help a lot. The other part that she talks about, of course, is the connection to humanity. And the one story that is, is probably the deepest part of my self-compassion to myself that I can recall and that connects me with that understanding of humanity that really helped me get out of the self-judgment was when our baby River died in birth, and I decided to, I uh, was going to build her casket. I'm not a builder. I built two things in my life of woodwork. I built a cradle for my son, which was a hell of a project. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> and a casket for my, for my daughter. Hell of a bookends, right? And when I decided to do that, I went ahead and got uh, wood, two six foot planks of wood from the community, um, about a 15 minute walk through the forest, a trail through the forest. So I was carrying this wood on my shoulders, suffering physically. And I remember just like falling to my knees of like, I can't do this. I won't be able to do this. I can't do this mentally, spiritually. I don't even know how to build this this casket. I'm not a builder. I started having self deprecating thoughts of could I have helped save her? Was there something I did that that the reason why she died? And then all of a sudden, I remember. Well, I don't. I don't know if it's a remembering, a realization. As I looked up to all the stars, there was so many stars out that night. And I felt the blanketing of other fathers that have walked in my steps as I'm doing that night that are, have buried their child. And that connected me with humanity. They probably were thinking at times what I was, I can't do this, I can't handle it, what am I gonna do? And they did, and they did it. And letting go of the thoughts that there was something I could do Babies die. They die at home. Ours died at home and they die in the hospital. They die. People die. And instead of getting on myself of all these reasons, I just, that acceptance and then the the self-compassion of what I was about to do, you know. It's a hard realization to realize that that's what I was going to do that next day. I was going to build a casket. And I had so much beautiful support, but I needed to give myself that support in those moments of uh, uh, self-compassion, of connection with self-kindness and connection with humanity and really being aware of my thoughts and my overthinking. So that was a deep story, but uh, it's the one that resonates most profoundly for me in my life around connection of self-compassion to humanity. I really felt that connection to um, these ancestral fathers that uh, I, I became part of the club, I guess to say. So to turn that to more in your, let's say, personal committed romantic relationships, Boy, when you you are doing it yourself and showing self-compassion and taking care of yourself in that way, your partner's going to be inspired to do that. They're going to learn. You learn from each other in that way, and that's a wonderful way to help inspire the other person to really take care of themselves. So what a burden not to have to take care of each other in that way. You know, I've heard this expression of you need to fill your own cup about 85%. Right, and the relationship is the is the froth, and there is some truth to that. We really need to be able to fill our own selves up, and not expect our partners to do that. Boy, I love when my wife is really taking care of her well-being. Uh, there's days where I would just ask her, "So, how was your day?" And she's like, "Ah, oh, oh, it was so wonderful. I was outside, and the blooming is happening on the birds, and..." I just feel so happy and when she's taking care of herself like that it really relieves a burden for me to make happiness for her or when she's down on herself and I know that she's going to go take a bath or she's going to go take a walk in the forest to be able to purge and let go and to start practicing and conjuring up that self-compassion when I see that That's an inspiration for me to take care of myself in that way. So we can help each other and inspire each other to be able to be more self-compassion. And now there's just more compassion in your relationships. So we understand from each other about the detriment of what judgment does. And so we're going to give it less to each other. We don't want to cause the other person that kind of suffering. And another thing, if I'm monitoring my own self-criticism and I'm bringing that down by self-compassion and so forth then I'm not going to recognize what I think probably unrealistic criticism coming from my wife for instance you know there's times she'll ask hey people did you bring the laundry in and if I react like what do you mean bring the laundry in was I supposed to bring the laundry in or or no (laughs) if I react like that (laughs) That's my own self-critic about what I should be doing or what I should do, bad boy, and all that stuff, right? Gotta to, got to satisfy mom, which is my partner in some way, and make her happy. If I'm working on that self-critical thought, then I can just hear what she's saying. All it was, it was a question. <laughs> and a lot of times, if I do get a reaction, she's like, I just asked you a question. I didn't mean that you should have. I just asked you, did you take in the laundry? Because if you didn't, I'll go do it. <laughs> How many of you can relate to that, right? So those reactions that we have towards one another sometimes when it's just a question coming from the other person. And yes, sometimes it's not just a question. Sometimes it's an innuendo. I know that. But we got to be able to decipher that from our own critic so that we turn the volume down on that and we recognize it more what's coming from the external and the outside and we're not as controlling and not as defensive. So there are these numerous research studies that have shown that self-compassionate people experience healthier romantic relationships. They experience greater well-being in the relationships. They experience more worthiness or more authenticity. They also provide more social support, they encourage trust with friends and they grant their partners more autonomy. So there's an overall experience of satisfaction in their relationships. And overall, self-compassionate people are also of course more kind and caring towards themselves, accepting themselves as imperfect human beings and can take care of their own needs and comforts, which I told you, takes the burden off of the relationship, the other person. And of course, to put it into plain terms then, people who are hard on themselves tend to be hard on those around them as well. So just monitor that and you'll see it. You'll see the times that you are harder on yourself You're going to be harder on the ones around you, or you're going to be suppressing it, denying it, and acting like everything is fine, and you're going to explode on the side, and it's going to come out. It's going to come out sideways, and you know it does. It just pours out an explosion sometimes because we're not even recognizing our suffering, right? We're not acknowledging our suffering, and then we're going to have resentment to those around us, that they don't see it one reason is because we're not even expressing what's going on for us so we also have to be honest with what's going on for ourselves and share it and when we're sharing it with our our partner it's an opportunity for our partner to show empathy towards us and compassion towards us and when we do that for each other that's the cycle and the habit that you'll be in in your relationship of empathy of kindness of showing each other compassion. So when you're doing it yourself, self-compassion, it's for the benefit of all of your relationships. So I'm going to show myself a little bit of self-compassion because I'm doing this podcast on a late night Sunday night. and I'm getting a little tired and I'm going to have some self-compassion knowing that that's what I got for you folks tonight. <laughs> I know there could be a whole lot more, but this is what I got for you. I hope it planted a a good seed to really cultivate the practice of self-compassion so that you can, of course, feel all the benefits to yourself and, and reap all the benefits in your relationships. I hope it does that for all of you. Relationships. Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed professional counselor, Pripo Teplitsky, visit HeartShareCounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk at AdiTheMonk.com. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is produced by PodCraft. Create your own great podcast today, faster and easier at podcraft.us.